All right, welcome to the Nino and Tierney podcast. I'm Paul Nino. I'm Steve Tierney. Well, today we we had a little discussion uh, here on September 17th from separate hotel rooms. Uh, we went through some slides and talked a little bit of detail about the new California law AB 150 that allows owners of pass-through entities to get around the $10,000 state and local tax deduction limit on their federal tax returns. Yeah, so it's been a while since we recorded. We were getting through a September 15th deadline and, and now wanted to pass on some good information. Yeah, I'm sure the auto, audio is not that great on this uh, recording, so forgive us that, but uh, hopefully this is some good information. And as new information comes in on this, which it needs to, we will certainly keep our clients up to date. and. You know, expect us to be reaching out to you and, and talking to you about this if this is applicable. So hope everybody's doing well uh, and we'll uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Here we go. Hey, Steve. Hey, Bob. We are, it's the day, the day after the day after the big corporate tax deadline and we're both we both got out of town as quickly as we could, I guess. <laughs> I mean, same day, pretty. <laughs> I know. I know. So we're, I see you're in a hotel room and so am I. Yep. Yep. So I am in the Bay Area for a, uh, on work stuff. I was on a, on a, in a board meeting all day yesterday. So left on, uh, was that Wednesday night, right after we got the, the deadline met and got everything filed, took off, and and now I'm now I'm here. Had meetings all day yesterday, and then today, catching up on CPE. I think you and I are both spending our day today doing some uh, education. Yeah, yeah. So I flew out from LAX at eleven o'clock on Wednesday night, Ugh. all night to Baltimore. Landed in Baltimore at seven in the morning, East Coast, four in the morning Pacific. Uh, took an Uber to the hotel, crashed for a couple of hours. And then I'm actually at a uh, rescue mission conference. Uh, missions, rescue missions from all over the world are here. And so we're, we're uh, have a booth to talk about up and running again and how uh, our running program can change lives. So yeah. Awesome. We yep. love up. We love up and running again. It's all over our website. I'm sure some of our clients and people who listen to this may know a little bit about it. But a great organization. The first race kind of came out of the firm when you and I and an employee and a client trained some home, homeless folks at the Orange County Rescue Mission to run a half marathon. And yeah. since then, up and running again has grown uh into multiple cities around the country so yeah. yeah good to take a little bit of time and and plug that organization let people know about it yeah, thanks yeah yeah absolutely so it's fun this is our main recruiting event because we have there's like 300 missions from all over the world that come to this conference and so we can we don't have to travel around we can just kind of share about the benefits it has to uh, their program um, when they have kind of a holistic exercise program that adds on to what they already currently do. So, awesome. Yeah. So, and I think yeah, it should so be worth mentioning that uh, 
in Baltimore. I did get to go to Camden Yards since we know that all of our listeners here wonder about our baseball exploits. So <laughs> to a uh, game, the Yankees against the Orioles, Orioles pulled it out. Um, so that was great as well. Yeah, and your Mariners are kind of battling with the Yankees, aren't they, for the wild card kind? I put the kind of there. They've fallen off a little bit, but they are they're still, I think. There's a glimmer of hope there. There is a glimmer. There's a glimmer. So every time I get my hopes up, that's when they start like losing again. So I don't get my hopes up, and therefore my heart won't get broken. <laughs> Did well, you see, though, by the way, that Seattle's hosting the All-Star Game in 2023? I did not see that. That was announced yesterday. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, um, I thought we could talk today, uh, uh, since we are now through the uh, big filing deadline that was so tough this year, just because of everything that has gone on. Um, uh, We, I I thought we could talk about this new pass-through entity tax election that's a way to work around federal $10,000 limit on state and local taxes on personal tax returns. Yeah. This is something that came out, I, I, I don't know, I'm going to guess, I'm going to say about six to eight weeks ago, the state of California passed this, and it's been high on our radar. It's something that's important and that we want to make sure our clients uh, take advantage of and that we are going to be reaching out to our clients and talking to them about. But at the same time, it... Um, it came at such a tough time for us, and there, there really is, isn't any action that our clients need to take before December 31st. So we're going to start reaching out to our clients after we get through these deadlines, but I thought it'd be good for us to go through some information on that. Yeah, absolutely. This is a big change for, for our individual clients, our business owners, where they can get a, a nice credit. So absolutely. Great information. Yeah. yeah so we... We did some training on it in-house for everybody at the firm to make sure everybody was aware of it and they were thinking about this and identifying opportunities. So I thought we could even just kind of walk through the, the slides that we put together for that training. So I will share my, try and share my screen here and we can just kind of walk through this and talk about it. Okay. So let's see if we can make this happen. Let's see. One more button here. There we go. Yep. Looks good. All right. So, so I guess just a quick overview of this, Um, you know, the state of California was one of those high income states on the coasts of America that was not happy about this limitation on uh, the ability for taxpayers to deduct state taxes on their personal tax returns. I think it, it makes people aware of just how much they're paying in state taxes mm-hmm. and, and encourages them, you know, to move to some of those lower paying state or lower taxing states. Yeah. And which by the way, I am just starting to get inundated with, people, well, that, that's probably an exaggeration inundated, but I am hearing frequently from clients and people who are, you know, seeking residence in lower taxing states. It's, it's definitely happening. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, the, this law, the way this works is it allows 
it, it, it's only for people who are owners of pass-through entities, so partnerships and S-corporations or LLCs that are taxed as partnerships. And it, instead of um, being limited to your deduction on the state taxes you personally pay on that pass-through income, there is an election now available so that that entity pays the tax and thus take it thus is able to reduce the flow through federal income on the K-1. So instead of all of your income flowing through on the K-1 and then you paying taxes on your personal return, the entity will pay the tax, take, take the deduction and therefore uh, pass through a reduced amount of taxable income to the owner of the entity. On their federal return. On their federal return, that's right. Uh -huh. So I don't. I, I may have. That may not have been the the uh, most clear way of explaining that, but I don't know if you want to kind of restate that to make sure it's clear because I think this is the most important concept. The tax is going to be paid by the entity, and it'll lower your federal tax. That's right. That's right. So, and that's the way to get around the limitation. So normally, individual yeah. taxpayers. They can deduct on their Schedule A as an itemized deduction, state and local taxes, which is their property tax on their residence, um, a portion of their uh, taxes they pay to the DMV on their personal property that they own, right? as well as their state income taxes. And the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 limited the total of that deduction to $10,000. And I think for many of our clients, especially those in Orange County, I mean, just the property taxes alone get them up above the $10,000. And so any of the taxes that they paid through their W-2, withheld out of their W-2, SDI, state withholding was just getting wasted. That's right. That's right. So by paying the tax through the entity, it gets around that limitation. Yeah. So what will happen is somebody who elects for this, they will not have state income tax at least on that income but they'll still have their property taxes and dmvs that they can deduct on their itemized deductions and their income that flows through will be lower so i i, I think the other thing that's important to state is the irs has has already announced that this is um in accordance with the law they're not going to challenge this and there are other states that are that have already have such a an election in effect and are going to be taking advantage of this so this is definitely not a any kind of aggressive scheme this is law that's been approved and authorized and um, is now available to to people in california yeah and you said that it looked like on that slide it was years 21 through 25 is that right so it's, it has a limited uh lifespan that's right I think the reason for the limited lifespan is that the state and local tax $10,000 limitation sunsets after 20 after 2025. So there wouldn't there wouldn't be a need for this after that point. Okay. So that's the big picture about this. So entities that can qualify to do this, um, it's only S corporations partnerships or LLCs that are taxed as partnerships that are that are eligible. And only if 
the shareholders or partners in the entity are not partnerships. Uh, the entity isn't allowed to be in a combined return and the entity is not allowed to be a publicly traded partnership. So, um, you know, this is going to benefit a, a narrow range of our clients, only those who are owners in, in partnerships and S-Corps and, and meet these qualifications as well. Okay. And we, there's gonna be some, some more um, detailed things on these slides because this was for our internal staff, but I, I'm, I'm gonna try and just focus on those, the big picture highlights so that our clients get a, an understanding. Yeah. So the practical uh, to this, how it works, the entity has to make an election. The entity itself has to make an election to be subject to the AB 150 law. If it does make that election, then each partner or shareholder who wants to participate, they must also make their own election. And then when this, when an election is made, the entity is going to pay tax of 9.3% to the state of California on all the K-1 pass-through income. And then each partner or shareholder will be given a, a tax credit to be used on their California return, and that credit would be reported on their K-1, and that credit is non-refundable, and it carries over for five years. So the big picture is the entity is going to calculate tax at 9.3% and remit it to the state of California on behalf of the partner, and then, give, and then notify the partner, hey, here's the amount of tax we paid for you, and the partner or shareholder can then claim that on their return as a credit. Do you know how that those elections are going to be made, especially like on the individual? I mean, like what happens if one makes it, but the other one doesn't or something? Well, I think there is some discussion on that um, later. So okay. the form, the way the election is made, uh, I, I don't know that there's, that the Franchise Act Board has released that yet. Yeah. Um, again, we're going to talk about this in a bit, but the entity has to make that election by the time it files its return. Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing it's a it's a statement that gets attached saying you know X Y Z LLC hereby elects to be subject to AB 150. Yeah. In answer to your second question, if only uh, certain partners elect in a partnership, then the partnership will only pay the tax. Uh, based on 9.3% of the flow-through income that goes to those partners that elect. Okay. okay. And only those partners will get the credit reported to them. Mm -hmm. And there will need to be a special allocation of that tax deduction to only those partners as well. That's an interesting point that I don't know about yet. And I, I think it's important to say there's, there's no official guidance on this yet from the Franchise Tax Board. So a lot of this information, we don't know that this is uh, the way it's all going to work. But what I was going to say is, um, uh, you know, partnerships may need to amend their partnership agreement to allow for the special allocation of the deduction on this in, a, in an instance where one partner elects and others don't. Well, I was going to say, what's new? I mean, we seem to like, uh, as far as the guidance goes, I mean, they'll give it to us last minute. I mean, I think December 31st is probably a good possibility where an additional guidance will probably come out on this. Right, <laughs> right. 
So next slide here talks about electing treatment. So the election, uh, the election needs to be made each year by the entity. The election is irrevocable and it can only be made on an on original uh, timely filed return. So you can't go back and amend your return. Um, it has to be made by the extended due date of the return. And if the entity elects, then each partner or shareholder must sep separately elect as well, which I mentioned before. I don't know anything about how the individual uh, partners are going to make that election. Okay. Most likely check the box or, or something like that. So to pay the tax, um, you know, we don't have to get into this too much in too much detail. Um, but later on, we can talk about some of the timing of when the tax needs to be paid. But I think what's important to discuss right here is for, for our clients or an entity who wants to get this deduction in 2021, they're going to need to get this tax paid by December 31st of 2021. That entity is a cash basis taxpayer. So that's that's going to be the big first deadline, I think, for our clients is to, if they want to calculate is, uh, if they want to participate in this, is to calculate that tax and get it paid in by December 31st. Okay. So we will, you know, it's going to be interesting. We're going to have to reach out to our clients and there's, uh, I think we can talk about this a little bit, but there's, um, there are going to be situations where it makes sense and there are going to be situations where it doesn't make sense. Right. And we were even thinking that maybe they would even need to pay in for this third quarter, but um, California doesn't have a third quarter estimate, so. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess let's talk about that. The, the reality is um, if somebody were to be paying a third quarter estimate here, we would advise them not to do that if they're going to participate, because at this point, under the California rules, taxpayers need to pay in 70% of their estimated tax by June 15th. Right. So where our taxpayers, where our clients are gonna be in 2021 is if they participate in this, they're gonna have a, a lot of tax paid in by the end of the year through this at 9.3% right. of their income. And they're also going to already be paid in 70% through June 15th because we're just now getting this information. So the reality is for our clients who want to participate, they're going to be way overpaid on their California taxes by the time they file their 2021 taxes. Right. So then what does that mean on a go forward basis for 2022? They're not going to pay any quarterly estimates then? Right. So depending on their tax rate, and their other sources of income, they are, may or may not need to pay estimates. So, I mean, that's like shortage for Cal for the state of California on when they get the money, because I think everybody's going to wait till December of 2022 to pay in that amount, because that's when they'll know what it is. Well, they're not allowed to do that. Okay. So the, so let's talk about the timing of when that's going to be done for 2022. Okay. The reason the, the first 
the reality is we need our clients to pay this by December 31st, but the deadline to pay the 21 ta 2021 tax is really March 15th of 2022. Okay. The reason we need our clients to pay it by December 31st of 21 is to get that deduction in 2021. Okay. But back to your other question about paying estimates. If a taxpayer has other sources of income that they don't have withholding against. So let's say, yeah. uh, you know, interest and dividends and things like that, they're still going to need to make quarterly payments on that. Right. And then if they're in a higher California tax bracket than the 9.3% on this income, they're also going to need to pay in quarterly estimates based on that as well. Okay. So when we're prep when we're preparing our clients' taxes, we're gonna to need to take that into account in calculating estimated tax payments for them to be making. Right. So, um, you know, in terms of, uh, in terms of the timing and California being shorted on their tax, uh, the reality is that for 2022, they're gonna to need to pay I think it is half of the amount by June 15th, and then the other half by the time that they file the return in the following year. I don't think that this slide is, is updated for that, but, but the reality in answer to your question is, yeah. will California be short? They're gonna be a little bit short, but not too much. You know, So normally the tax payment dates for estimates are April, June, and January the following year. Under this rule, these payments are due June and then the following year. So they will be a little short, but not too much. Is there still like kind of the same safe harbor rules, do we know? I mean, as far as like, hey, you know, you can pay in, you know, 90% of current year and 110% of last year. There is. Okay. Uh, Sorry, I'm peppering you with all these questions here. Yeah. The reality is, I think that if I remember correctly, they need to pay in half of the tax by that June 15th date. Okay. Or else the election isn't even valid. So that so oh. so it's um not only is it a safe harbor from an estimated tax penalty standpoint, it's not even valid if they don't meet that threshold. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So some of the things that we're, we're unclear of on this is, um, you know, whether or not a single member LLC qualifies under this uh, rule. Um, it's unclear if guaranteed payments would be considered K-1 ta uh, taxable income that this 9.3% could be paid um, taxed on. This is the big thing from my standpoint is I mentioned before, these credits are non-refundable. So it's unclear in what order the state will apply these payments. Will they first apply the non-refundable credits and then your estimates? Yeah. And the, and the reason that's important is, as I mentioned before, our clients are gonna be significantly overpaid when they file their returns. We wanna make sure they can get that money back right when they file those returns. Right. And they only have five years to use up these credits and stuff as well. That's right. So there could be a chance, uh, you know, a circumstance where um, it makes sense for our clients to elect to do this for a couple of years, but then these credits build up and they've got a carryover and 
then it makes sense for them not to do it so that they can just use up those credits. Right. And then for our S Corp clients, it's a little concerning because, um, you know, we talked about specially allocating those deductions and, and the credits. Yeah. Well, you're not really allowed to do that in an S corporation. You risk, um, you know, blowing your S corp election and having that terminated. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a little bit of um, uncertainty about that. So we're waiting to hear from the franchise tax board if it's kind of an all or nothing proposition, if you have to have every single shareholder participate or not. Yeah. So I think that's about all that uh, from the slides that I think give our clients kind of an overview of, of uh, how this is gonna happen and what they're gonna need to, uh, to do if they wanna take advantage of this. Um, so I, again, I, I think I wanna reiterate that we're gonna be reaching out to all of our pastor clients. We're gonna start talking to them about it in the uh, last quarter of the year here and um, we'll help them navigate and hopefully we get some guidance from the Franchise Tax Board before, uh, before we have to start sending in checks and, and making decisions on these things. Yeah, for sure, big impact here. So that's great, good news. Yeah, uh, it'll be good news. I think that this, this could be some significant savings for some of our clients. Great. All right. Well, um, enjoy the the rest of your your trip. I'm I'm heading back uh, tomorrow morning, and then it's feet on the feet on the ground trying to get through the next deadline, the October fifteenth deadline. Yep. Trusts on nine thirty, and then yeah. individuals on ten fifteen. So right. absolutely, right. it's a, a little respite for maybe a, a day or so, and then back to it. So yep. Yep. Great. Have a great trip. All right. Thanks. You too. Safe travels.